0: Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 97, Men of Understanding. Welcome friends to the Sister Scriptorians podcast. If you're just joining us for the first time, hi. My name is Carrie Hickenlooper. I'm glad you found us. Okay, here in my house we have been doing social distancing for over a week now. <laughs> my husband is working here at home. My five children are doing school here at home. They range in ages 6 to 15, so we got a lot going on, but i find that we're all trying to do our very best. We're all sacrificing in some sort of way. It's a different hard for everyone, but we're trying our best to be able to find our new norm and work together. I have been so inspired watching people, how they're tapping into their creativity, to not be taken down by the circumstance that they find themselves in. It's been fun to see how artists who are at home are reaching out to the public. They figure if they're at home, they might as well reach out through social media or through YouTube and share their talents with the world. So I've seen artists who are giving free drawing lessons on YouTube. I've seen a woman who is really good at food storage, getting on Facebook Live and teaching you for an hour what to buy, how to use it, it's amazing. I've seen musicians who are giving free concerts through Facebook Live. I've seen mu- musicians who are just just taking their time to teach you about their instrument in case your kids are interested in that. Or opening up operas or musicals so that you, when you're at home, have something good to do with your time. It's amazing. I live in a pretty incredible neighborhood And I have seen more families on walks, more families on bike rides, filling the fields with the grass that's turning green, but filling them as they are playing together, either frisbee or catch. It's been awesome to watch. God's children are so good. (sighs) It's pretty neat to see how people are trying to tap into their goodness and how they're trying to reach and socially connect with one another, but in a really healthy and uplifting positive way. I love watching how people are looking around them, looking at their elderly neighbors and asking, can I help you? What can I get from the store for you so you don't have to go out? Or mothers who are combining together and sharing ideas of what they're doing and and trying to get other families to do it with them. Like for example, we on St. Patrick's Day in our neighborhood, the mothers put shamrocks in the windows or around the neighborhood so that as the families who were social isolating, but as they were going on a walk together, then they could count the shamrocks on the houses to just add some fun and also some connection to the neighborhood around them. It's pretty incredible. Now, I know that things are not all rosy. I I get that. Believe me, we're experiencing our challenges too. This is difficult for everyone in different ways. Like, for example, Saturday and Sunday, I don't know if this happened to you, but this happened to us. It was all of my family members, all of our idiosyncrasies seemed to just be heightened. And then our patience was diminished. Did anyone else experience that? I hope so. And that's when I knew that I needed to change things up, that we needed to get to a park and spread out, but still be, you know, doing something together, but just have some breathing room. And when we did, we came back and it was better. It felt better. And I also knew that this mama needed to do what she knows works best for her. And that was to manage my mind and use the tools that I know that are at my disposal to be able to create what I want to create. So being inspired by all those who are sharing their talents, I would like to do the same. On Thursday night, this Thursday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, I am going to be teaching some of these tools to help you manage your agency, to help you create what you really do desire. We all want good things in our lives. We all want to be able to have the power to be able to have, to feel like we have control over our lives. We also want to be able to create good. And you can, especially when you're partnered up with the Lord. We all want to be able to tap in to that loving part of ourself, not the crazy part of ourselves or the out of control or the anxious part, but we want to be able to tap into the loving part. So join me. Let's get together and let's review how we can do that. You can be included in this group by going to sisterscriptorians.com and becoming a Sister Scriptorian. It is simply just including your name and your email address. There is no membership fee by signing up to be a Sister Scriptorian. You will receive the weekly ponder prompts that go with each episode. And so that's an added bonus too. But this week, when you sign up, I will be sending you a Zoom link that you'll be able to access on Thursday for our chat. I can't wait to meet you. This will be fun and it also will be uplifting. I promise you'll go away feeling like I can do this. So join me, okay? Let's take our social distancing and let's connect. It will be fun. One of the things that I am grateful for about the Book of Mormon is that when I begin to think that I have got it bad, or that life is challenging, or that I am surrounded by so much hardship. All I need to do is carefully read the Book of Mormon to discover that the peace that we are all craving has really never existed, or I should say rarely, existed amongst God's children as a whole. Yet, despite that, incredible people have lived incredible lives during difficult circumstances. Despite Lehi's obedience, life for him wasn't easy. It was full of challenges. And though he tried and he says in scripture that he did frankly forgive, Nephi never established a good relationship with his elder brothers. The Nephites had continual warfare with the Lamanites, groups separated. Lamanites came after them. Even when the Nephites moved, the Lamanites came after them. And despite having righteous leaders or holy prophets and prosperity, the Nephites experienced contentions among them and dissensions even to the Lamanites, the enemy. And they experienced separations completely. They even dealt with false Christs, False prophets, false leaders, and false teachers. Thankfully, during their history, they had a Nephi, or a Jacob, or an Enos, or a Malachi. They had a Mosiah, or they even had a Benjamin. Whenever chaos rose up, the average Nephite needed to just look around them to find men of understanding. So, who are your men of understanding right now? And are you partnering up with them? Never ever in our lifetime has life looked like this. And we don't know how much more it's going to change. We don't know how long it's going to last. We are all sacrificing in our own way, and it looks different for everyone. Isn't that amazing? We're all having a shared experience, but it's so vastly different. Some of us moms became homeschooling moms overnight. (laughs) And full-time chefs and activity coordinators and emotional regulators. We became electronic monitors and soothers and expert creative directors. Basically, we've had to up our game in the nurturing and the training departments of our children. I mean, how many of you, like the three meals a day, it's just no joke, right? Well, my kids are getting trained. <laughs> Be training yours. I saw on a Facebook meme that introverts need to put down their books and help the extroverts out. <laughs> that those extroverts are suffering from a lack of social interaction. Well, as someone who leans on more of the introvert side of things, social isolation with your family means very little recharge time and very little coping time to deal with the overstimulation. You know what I mean? In fact, I long for a book. Give me some book time. Because all of my children right now, they want to interact with someone, and so they find me wherever I go in the house. It's an adjustment for all of us. Some of us are away from our loved ones who are in hospitals or care centers, or who are self-quarantining. I know that there are some who have sick members of their family in hospitals that they cannot go visit, that they cannot get to because of the restrictions happening right now. My mother-in-law just got back from her mission. And after being gone for a year and a half, well, we were excited to see her, but she needs to self-quarantine for two weeks. In the grand scheme of things, that's no time at all but we missed her and we love her and we wanted to see her, but we will wait because we do love her. The point that I'm trying to make is that we're all experiencing challenges like we've never faced before, but we aren't without guidance. We aren't without tools. And looking to the Book of Mormon can help us find tools that we need in order to be able to endure this well, because we can. We can endure this well. We can even do it happily. And this week, our focus will be to find men of understanding and to listen to them and also for us to become women of understanding. I believe that you and I have been prepared for these days. I believe that it is no mistake that you and I find ourselves living on this earth right now during these times. We were sent here And we were given the gospel of Jesus Christ, which enlightens us to the mysteries of God or to his covenants. And it exposes us to the truths that we can find in the Book of Mormon and also other revelations to the church, but then also to ourselves personally. And it's days like these, well, it's days like these that we are meant to use our knowledge. We are meant to use that power. When would be a better time right now. Those spiritual gifts that you were given, it's in days like these that we are intended to shine, that we are intended to be the city on the hill. People need you and they need your example of what you know. They need your eternal perspective. They need you to act on those promptings that you are receiving They need you to speak words of truth to bring them encouragement and hope. It is days like these when to live a clean life and to have the Spirit with you so that you can speak with the tongue of angels. Well, it's not only needed, it's your duty. You have been called to do this because of the nature of the covenants that you have made with God. You are women of understanding. And the world needs you. It's just like King Benjamin in the Book of Mormon. The duration of his reign over the Nephites and Sarah Hemla, it wasn't carefree. There were contentions among his people. I wonder what these contentions were about. Was it the growing pains of combining two different groups of people, the Nephites, or we could call them the people of Mosiah, and combining them with the people of Zarahemla, the people of Zarahemla, well, they had not been believers in God when the Nephites came upon them. Did this cause a division? We know that the people of Zarahemla, we know that they rejoiced when they were taught from the brass plates, but were there some who didn't? Did they resent the gospel or have a difficult time accepting it because of the traditions of their fathers, which we know is a real thing. The Book of Mormon teaches us that. We know that the people of Zarahemla made Mosiah, who was Benjamin's father. We know that they made him their king. But were there some who resented that action? Were there descendants of Mulek who despised this change in leadership? We know that large groups of Nephites desired to go back to the land of Nephi, to reclaim their land of inheritance. Were they contentious about their desires? Did they place unreasonable demands and pressure upon the people to join them? Were they asked not to go, but they did anyway? Was a wedge driven in the people's hearts about where they actually belonged? Did they belong in the land of their original inheritance? Or did they belong in the land that the Lord God had led them to? Were they afraid that their life wasn't as it should be? that they were missing out, that they were receiving less than they ought? In words of Mormon, we also are told that during this time period, the people had false Christs rise up. They had false prophets and false preachers and false teachers. What effect did this have on the people? How easily were the new converts confused or deceived? How much did the false teachings add to the contention of the people? Did their falsehoods block the people from being able to recognize truth? Did the falsehoods cause the people to stumble or to rise in pride or to resent the poor among them or to seek for riches and for the praise of the world instead of humility? And though these false Christs and prophets and preachers and teachers were dealt with, they were punished according to their crimes, what division occurred between their followers and the followers of Christ. Were there lasting ramifications and confusion and transgression that rose up and blocked the people from repenting and following the holy prophets among them? And then, during the days of King Benjamin, there was a serious war between the Nephites and the Lamanites who came up out of the land of Nephi. So recall for a minute what that means. If the Lamanites are coming out of the land of Nephi, They must have overtaken the land of Nephi from the remaining Nephites. The land that Benjamin's father led a portion of the Nephites out of. Well, what happened to those who had stayed behind? We know that they must have been wicked, or they must have been the ones who would not hearken unto the voice of the Lord. That's why they were behind. That's why they didn't join Mosiah's group and leave. But the Lamanites came up against the Nephites in Zarahemla. And Benjamin gathered his armies to stand against them, and he fought with his own strength using the sword of Laban. And Mormon, in words of Mormon, said that in the strength of the Lord, they contended against their enemies until they had slain many thousands of Lamanites. And it came to pass that they did contend against the Lamanites until they had driven them out of all the lands of their inheritance." So what's impressive to you about that scripture? You might say that it's impressive that they slayed thousands of Lamanites. That's a huge number. You might say it's impressive that they were able to drive the Lamanites out of their lands because in Omni, we read how the Lamanites were larger in numbers than the Nephites and the Mulekites combined. And what does it mean, the phrase, out of the lands of their inheritance? Does that mean out of Zarahemla And the land of nephi i don't know when the group that amalachi referred to remember he referred to those nephites who departed out of zarahemla to go and reclaim some of the land of nephi i know that zenith says that they had to ask permission from the king of the lamanites so i don't quite understand what it means out of all the lands of their inheritance anyway you would be right in all of these answers They're all impressive answers. And the one that I'd like to draw your attention to is the impressive statement that they did all of this in the strength of the Lord, being led by a man of understanding, a just and holy man who worked side by side with the holy prophets and the other holy men that walked among the people, speaking the word of God with power and with authority Leading the way for the Nephites to qualify to be sanctified in their efforts when contending against their enemies in the strength of the Lord was the blessing that the Nephites received in being led by King Benjamin. As you look at your life today, look at it right now. What could you do better today? What could you do better right now if you were doing it in the strength of the Lord? Now, that doesn't always require more necessarily, or at least not the kind of more that exhausts you of time and energy. It's just what if you did your day beginning with a morning prayer to invite the strength of the Lord into your creating? Because that's what you do each day when you get out of bed. You create. So you might as well do it in the strength of the Lord. What if you personally committed to do the reading in Come Follow Me, seeking for the strength of the Lord? What if you shared a devotional with your family, showing them the message of hope and love from President Nelson that has come out recently? Challenging them to exercise their faith and find strength in the Lord in their personal prayers, in learning how to hear Him. We've been given this pause in life. And if we use it wisely, if we use it intentionally, then we might find that good daily habits that eluded us before because of our busyness can be established now so that we can do these days in the strength of the Lord. That is what women of understanding would take the time to do. I promise you. That as you do, your children are going to benefit from the spirit that will accompany you. You want to know how to care for your children, how to teach your children, how to nurture them, how to protect them from their fears, how to feed them, how to use up their energy adequately. Isn't that our concern as mamas right now during this time? I promise that those answers will come to you As you be a woman of understanding and seek to do all of it in the strength of the Lord. Sure, you're going to be tired, but you're not going to feel ragged or anxious or afraid. But you're going to feel ready. You're going to feel open to revelation and you're going to feel confident. Confidence is what I see in Benjamin. He drove out the Lamanites and he with the holy prophets established peace among the people. Finally, after all of that drama, he established peace. He worked side by side with his people with all of the might in his body and the faculty of his whole soul. I'm sure he was tired, but he wasn't ragged. But he was convicted in the understanding that he had. And what was that understanding? We see glimpse of it In Mosiah chapter 1, definitely going to see a lot of it in his sermon, which we'll save for another podcast. But in Mosiah chapter 1, we learn about Benjamin by what he desired his sons and his people to know. He desired his sons to be men of understanding. So he taught his three sons, Mosiah, who obviously was named after his grandfather, And Messiah is going to become king after Benjamin. But he also had a son, Hilaram and Helaman. And he taught his sons in the language of their fathers. To do this, he would have had to teach them Hebrew. And he would have also had to teach them Egyptian. Because he desired them to be able to know the prophecies spoken by their fathers that had been delivered by the hand of the Lord. And I love that phrase or that clarification or pronouncement that was included in that line of scripture. I love that it says, delivered them by the hand of the Lord. These weren't just predictions by good men. They weren't just predictions without promise, but they were truths delivered to them by the hand of the Lord. And Benjamin desired his sons to know it. And in order to know these things, he taught them from the brass plates. Benjamin had a testimony, and he bore witness that without the brass plates they would have suffered in ignorance, not knowing the mysteries of God. They knew that this was true. The proof was right before their eyes. They lived among people who had once dwindled in unbelief to the point of denying the being of their creator. And they could also witness the dwindling in unbelief by observing their brethren the Lamanites who no longer knew anything about the commandments and even had a hard time accepting them now because of the traditions of their fathers. The traditions of their fathers had become a stumbling block. Benjamin desired his sons to bask in all the knowledge that they had before their eyes continually. The brass plates, the plates of Nephi, and the current prophets and prophecies so that they could know Of their surety. He wanted them to know the commandments, to know the mysteries of God, which the Institute Manual teaches us that this includes the saving principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Benjamin did not want this precious knowledge lost. He wanted to do his part in passing that knowledge down, in preserving that knowledge. Benjamin counseled his sons to search the scriptures diligently so that they could profit. He also desired his sons to keep the commandments of God that they may prosper in the land according to the promises which the Lord made unto our fathers. So as a recap, Benjamin desired his sons to know the language well so that they could read and know the prophecies of God so that they could study the scriptures and continue to pass down these truths. He knew and he maintained that national covenant that God made with Lehi, that if his seed had kept the commandments, they would prosper in the land. And Benjamin desired his sons to also have and to keep this understanding within them. How can we apply this to us, Sister Scriptorians? Are we curious to know the Lord's language? Are we willing to take our time to know what certain words mean to him? Not just the world's definitions, but his. What does redemption mean? Repentance, speaking with the tongue of angels, ministering, humility, mercy, justice, or grace. What does he mean by the word of wisdom, tithing, fasting, or charity? Are we being curious enough to study these out in our mind so that we can then have them sink deep into our hearts? Can we then testify of these truths and pass down our testimony and knowledge to God's children? I also want to ask you, how are you profiting from the scriptures? I hope you can say that you are. I hope you feel the added measure of peace that the scriptures are bringing to your life the enlightening of your mind, the closer relationship with God is you see him more clearly and the clearer pathway to personal revelation that the scriptures give you. Benjamin was a man of understanding and he knew that the scriptures were essential. And look what this man of understanding, look what he accomplished in his life. Despite the chaos and despite the contentions, despite the threat against peace and prosperity and safety, he was given and acted in the strength of the Lord. Sign me up. I want in on this privilege. King Benjamin desired his people to be people of understanding, to know where their strength comes from. And because of their covenants with God and because they were keeping them, they were different than the other groups that the Lord had led out of Jerusalem. King Benjamin, know that he's now going to be getting older and he's preparing for the ritual of conferring the kingdom upon his son, Mosiah. He asked Mosiah to gather the people. He desired to proclaim Mosiah to be the new king who was ordained of God. And he also desired to give the people a new name. King Benjamin was a man of understanding and he knew that this highly favored people must not fall into transgression. They must keep the commandments. Their prosperity was because they had been preserved by the Lord, by his matchless and marvelous power. And if they were to walk away from their part of the covenant, the Lord would have no choice but to deliver them up. Without the Lord. They would be weak like their brethren, the Lamanites. As women of understanding, we too must see where our strength comes from. If this past week, with its restrictions due to coronavirus, this week has got you a little jittery, take heart, take time to meditate on the things of God found in the scriptures. Peace is available and his love language is assurance. So follow him and, and he will direct you to the next right choice for you and your family. And if you took this past week in stride, taking things as they came and you felt assured along the way, place the credit in the hands of he who made that possible for you. Give gratitude to the Lord for his tender mercies. Don't miss the opportunity to give him All the credit, because he deserves it. As women of understanding, we know where our strength comes from. It comes from Jesus Christ. Sister Scriptorians, despite the commotion, you can be women of understanding. Spend extra time in the scriptures, learning its language, and drawing closer to your Lord Jesus Christ. Seek his strength. The strength that comes through obedience and time with him. Let him lead you. Let him teach you. And let him reveal to you how he needs your gifts. You were made for these days. Make it a great day.